Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. the show thought we'd better announce the winner of our most recent apple podcast review drawing so congratulations to raiderade who left a review called wine and crime ever heard of it yes yes we have raiderade says wine and crime feels like home to me i feel like i've known the gals my whole life and it's like catching up with my bffs every thursday i've evangelized so hard that i've gotten my friends to listen to it and we exclusively speak in wine and crime colloquialisms and i love every second of it you and me both raiderade so uh if this is you send us an email wine and crime podcast at gmail.com and we'll send you your free wine coven sparkle tumbler which by the way are also available for purchase on our online store so thank you so much to everyone who left a review we love you all and stay tuned for the next drawing because we have them pretty regularly thank you you are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Yeah. Oh, heard some doozies at the state fair yesterday. Oh, I'm sure. From my mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Among, from Kenyon's mom others. and also just from the folks attending the great Minnesota get together. Mm. <laughs> Tell the folks at home what you got up to at the fair. Oh my gosh, so many things. Uh, me and Kenyon's mom, we pet some sheep, a lot, <laughs> lot of bunny rabbits. For some reason, she like loves looking at the chickens. Weird. Which is <laughs> horrifying. Oh my God. Chickens are that. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw some of my interactions with the large fowl at the fair. <laughs> The foul, foul. The foul, foul <laughs> at the fair. They're, birds are terrifying. They're dinosaurs. They they're are. dinosaurs. They're feet. They're like, so my God. scary. Special diseases. Yeah. Uh, and then we went and saw Hall and Oates, and it was incredible. But And um, quilts. And, oh, yeah. We looked at a lot of quilts. Seed art. Um, seed art, which there was a line for. We waited in line for like 20 minutes to see the seed oh art. God. But it was worth it. It was really incredible. Scott was <laughs> delaying the process, I'm sure. Probably. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I drank a slushy made of like black cherry, white claw, and coconut <sighs> red oh. bull. Oh my god, that makes oh, my tongue feel weird. Yeah, it was incredible. I, I love that I can drink that without issue, but I have like a cup of coffee with almond milk, and my stomach is just destroyed. I yeah. can't do coffee. I cannot do coffee. I can't do it anymore. I had it this morning, and I've already pooped like eighteen times. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Can't. And it's pumpkin anyway, the spice season. Great. Oh, I know. <laughs> Don't remind me. I need Not my quite. So we've got two more days, maybe. Of as what? we record this. Before of, pumpkin spice season? Yeah. Oh, oh. it's happening. I thought you it's meant out. of pumpkin spice season. I was like, nah, we in it. <laughs> it's we in she it. here. Speaking of pumpkin spice, oh, who are we? Um, who are we? I'm Kenyon, and I don't like pumpkin spice. Rude. I'm Lucy, and I get horrific diarrhea every time I drink coffee. Mm-hmm. And I'm Amanda, and I risk it. <laughs> <laughs> and I roll the dice. And I roll those dice. <laughs> I roll Live the dice, the too. 
I yeah. You're I brave. can't live without coffee. I just can't. We know. We got your life? Re- you, we got your Starbucks reimbursement receipts. <laughs> we know. Pretty much the only thing that you say before eleven AM on a daily basis is I need Can coffee. Can we go to Starbucks? Can we go get some coffee? <laughs> yep. In your yeah. like morning voice. You have a pre coffee voice. You do. <laughs> I really it's do. Very and distinct. it's and no matter what I do to try to hide it, it's very present. And like people in this country really like calling at eight AM ish. Mm. Why? Like if move back. Like, <laughs> like if my car is in the shop or like nope, if no. anyone needs to make a delivery, like the time that people make phone calls is no. 8 a.m. Unless and somebody's I, dead, do not call me before 11 o'clock. No, I will, I will wake up in a panic thinking that my whole family is dead. Yeah, 8 a.m.? Are you, you kidding me? Do you want to do that to me? I know no. it sucks. You need to move. It's unsafe. <laughs> That is the my last new, straw. That's my it. new vibrator was delivered, and I got a phone call from security that it was being delivered, and I was like, "Hello, okay." Did can you order you a couch? Kenyon bought a vibrator, but it's actually one of those massive foot massagers that they use on you at the nail salon. They're good I didn't on both. Know. They're good on both accounts. I know it's just incredible because that is not compact or convenient. It's so no. huge, and it has to take. Like nine volt battery. She has to plug it into the wall. It's, it's got a, a plug, cord. It's, it's a plug into the wall, <laughs> it which does I not also travel. didn't realize. I did not read the fine print. You did. It doesn't even have batteries. No. Ah! Oh ah! my god! Yeah, You're such you. an old lady. I love it. it has a cord. <laughs> She needs to know. carry like an external power source to ever leave her house with that thing. Away luggage, a battery pack. Oh yes, my god, the away battery pack That's can charge I- your iPhone twice or your archaic vibrator one half, half time. Of, yeah, exactly. That's when that speedy charge port would come in handy. <laughs> I didn't oh, know. My word. I'm you just live, gonna buy you one. Okay, perfect. Let me what I've been gutting for. Take care of you. Cowboy, take me away. Yeah, um, done. Amanda reaches right. into her bag of tricks. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I'm not going to give toys. you one that I've used. Also, Thank I would God. never give up any of my toys. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but speaking of archaic okay. technology and archaic. things from the past. There you go. Good, good segue. Okay. Um, <laughs> I got you, girl. Speaking of, to the time when electricity was discovered, um, no. Um, <laughs> That's when this vibrator was made. <laughs> Our topic this week is a very special fan pick brought to you it. by Sean Cronin. Mm, they see me croning. They hate him. Patrolling yeah. and trying to catch me croning. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> Sean has selected the topic. I loved this one. Same. N- 1920s crimes. I love my case so much. <laughs> I had such a hard time choosing. Like, I feel like there could be an entire podcast. Oh, yeah. Just about 1920s crimes. The Did 20s you were wild. See- they were so wild. Did you see that there's like a list in Wikipedia that breaks down like crime by the year throughout the 20s. Really? Because there are yeah, so many so, like high profile yeah, so ones. I just clicked like I started with 1920 and clicked the links like all the way through 1929 
And it took mm-hmm. me like an hour and a half to pick my case because I just kept looking at all these cases and was like, oh my God, these are amazing. There's a lot so of a lot good. of gangs, a lot of cool gangs. This yeah. might be the first episode where I did not consult Wikipedia at all. Oh, wow. oh I did. Yeah. And murder. I use it a little bit for my case, but I mostly use Snopes, which was fun. Ooh, I've only used nice. Snopes one other time mm. with the with the great the lady in the graveyard that crawled out <laughs> yeah. of her own grave. That's my fave. I, that's her like family my favorite like scatters. Case. <laughs> yeah, that's like my favorite case, but Snopes was like, honestly, it probably didn't happen, but it's amazing. So let's <laughs> yeah. just talk about so it. Let's I was like, just thank God. It Snopes is like, we'll go with it. Yeah, we love it so much. We're just going to endorse this. Yeah, that's what a lot of my case is, too. I love it. Um, I'm so excited. All right, so let's get going. I feel like in the 1920s, they did not shy away from the booze, even if it was hidden. Prohibition. We'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Did you know that in NAS- NASCAR was started by running raids during Prohibition? Okay. Oh my god. If you were at the, sh- the North Carolina show, all three of us brought that up in, in sections of our notes about Independently NASCAR. of each other, we were just mimicking god the same talking point. We all oh, thought it was such a fun fact. Yeah, when we were independently writing other. our notes. <laughs> Did you well, know? Did I'm you actually know? just redoing my case from Charlotte. So <laughs> same <laughs> no, time. No, you're not. <laughs> same time. NASCAR started in the 1920s. <laughs> oh no. Um, that's All not right. true. Don't take our word for that. So today we are drinking a red blend from Wink. Wine Club, which mm-hmm. quick reminder, Wink Wine Club is amazing and they send wine to your door. Mm-hmm. It's the best. Good so, wine. Alcohol not wine. required. No, you mm-hmm. don't even need a wine runner, a booze runner to get this. <laughs> just you, you just need have a booze runner. It's just yeah. FedEx or whatever. Pretty much. So Wink Wine Club is an online wine club that literally delivers wine to your door. And there are a couple ways to play. So you can buy all a cart from their website. They have an amazing inventory of wines that they rotate out with a lot of frequency. And I really like that they do a lot of like seasonal wine selections. Mm. So their rosé inventory over the summer was incredible. Rosé all day. Yeah, it was amazing. And now we're going into the fall. So obviously this is like my favorite time for wine. A lot of real spicy, delicious wines. Um, But yeah, you can order a la carte or you can kind of just like become one with their service Uh and do a monthly box. If you put four or more bottles in that box, they take care of the shipping and we have a promo code to get you 20 bucks off of your first box. So check out trywink.com forward slash gals. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C.com forward slash G-A-L-S. Put four or more bottles in that cart. Have it sent to your door or your Walgreens, which is where I pick mine up. And treat your whole life because wine is incredible. So the one we're drinking today is called the Ultramont Red Blend, which is Mm -hmm. actually my fake French accent version of it. It's actually Ultramont because it's Spanish. So I just had to go there, (laughs) which which means another world, which it certainly was in the 1920s. And Mm. we'll get to it. 
Um, this is a Spanish blend of old vine Grenache, which was aged in oak. The Grenache itself was aged in oak. And then they also added Syrah and Tempranillo that were aged in concrete. So having mm-hmm. those two different, like if you age something in concrete, you're going to get a little bit more minerality, but you're not going to add additional flavor. I don't to- think I've ever heard of that. Oh, a That's lot of cool. wines are aged in concrete. Hmm. Um, stainless steel is the one where it's like nothing, no flavor will, yeah, will be enhanced. Yeah, because there's no pores. Yeah, there's right. just nothing. Um, concrete's definitely going to add to the minerality of the wine. And then obviously oak, depending on like there's a million different kinds of oak you could you could age in. That can really change the wine. So mm-hmm. this is just like a little bit of that oakiness balanced out by the Syrah and Tempranillo that are aged in concrete, which is super, super cool. I really like that uh, blending with different aging techniques. I think that that's mm. super, super interesting and awesome for wine. Um This particular wine is a spicy herbaceous red balanced out by just a hint of dark fruit, probably from the Syrah, which airs on the jammier side, but Tempranillo does a little bit as well. Um, Mm. And this bad boy is higher in ABV than a lot of the wines that we've been drinking lately at 14.5%. But it's still not so high that you'll like really taste the difference. Um, this wine is described as having a very lovely texture, which is really another wine term for mouthfeel. And just to get a tiny bit technical, which we haven't in a while, some contributing factors to the texture of wine, uh, like these are the top three contributors, are the tannins, which, reminder, are the polyphenols that create that drying sensation in your mouth. That comes from the stems and the skins of the grape. That's Um, how you pronounce that word. Every time I see that word, I think it's going to rhyme with rohypnol. Nope. It does not. Polyphenols. Um. And then the alcohol content is another contributor. The higher the alcohol content, the, the more glycerol is present, which like provides some of the sweetness in the body of the wine. And then obviously sugar content, which is going to really affect mouthfeel. Like if you have a, a wine that's super high in sugar content, especially if it's a red, it's going to feel like syrupy in your mouth. Mm-hmm. So ideally you want these things to really balance each other out. And they definitely do in this gorgeous bottle, which is amazing. And I think right now it's retailing a la carte on the Wink website for like 16 bucks. But if you're a member, it's like 13 bucks. And mm-hmm. these are fancy ass wines, y'all. This yeah. is not something you can just like pick up at Total Wine Bloomington. They fancy. So, this is unique to Wink. All their wines yeah. are unique to Wink. Super gorgeous. So check mm-hmm. it out. Uh, it is a papper. So run and grab your nice pap wine key from our online store, wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com. And if you don't and have you one, what are you waiting ch- for? If you feel a chill in the air, pop on a fucking patriarchy sweatshirt. Uh, why not be cozy while you're dismantling the patriarchy? Mm-hmm. Am I right? I agree. All right. Are we ready to pop? So ready. ready. I have this pre-prepared because you two are so embarrassing and I'm so scared <laughs> of being that embarrassing. I did have some moments on tour, though, where I was like really struggling. Uh, yeah. But we drank a lot of wine out of cans. Thank God. Yeah, thank God. we did. So easy to crack. I also have a wine anecdote. So um, last night as we record this was my husband's birthday and we went out yeah. to a really really nice restaurant and um, we had a sommelier mm-hmm. at like pair, doing a wine pairing for us with each of our courses of our meal mm-hmm. and one of my pairings was a gamay oh yes and I and gamay. I was like oh is it chilled 
And he like lit up. The sommelier was like, yeah, he was like, how did, like, he was so impressed. That's amazing. And I was like, yeah, well, little known fact, gamays are red that you're supposed to keep chilled and blah, blah, blah. And the tannins, meh. Nice work. I'm so proud. I'm tearing up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so proud I've never felt so smart. Oh, you smart. (laughs) You purdy and you smart. (laughs) All right. Let's open this motherfucker. Oh, pre-prepared pop. Nice pop. Pre-prepared Capery prickly pear. All right. All right. As we pour... Let's get right into it. Lucy, what is our background and maybe psych? No psych. For no psych. There's no psych. Unless you count intoxication. (laughs) I do. I do. Okay. For 1920s crimes. All right. So as you probably know from your research, the 1920s were a very exciting, bizarre time in American history. Um, it was the gilded decade of prosperity between World War One and the Great Depression. And in retrospect, mm. it kind of seems like the culture was overcompensating for a lot of the bullshit from the war and also preemptively pre-preparing the Great Depression. Nicely <laughs> 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 They were preping. They're preemptively pre-preparing <laughs> of the prosperity of the Great Depression. Okay, I both love and hate this accent. And the polyphenols. Oh, no. Oh, my God. So there was a lot of weird shit that is really unique to this time period. And now I will share with you some fun facts about the Roaring Twenties. Yes. I love it. The 20s were an era of shorter pants and unshaven lady legs. Hell yes. Nice. They, like, not shaving was, like, a thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm into it. Objectionable lady hair was related to its proximity to inappropriate lady areas like the crotch and the boobies. Mm. And speaking of crotches and boobies, in the in 1920, <laughs> the 19th Amendment was passed, making it legal for white women to vote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't stop people across the nation from denying that right to people of color. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's not forget about that. Mm-hmm. So True. lots of common foods, I'm so hungry, that are now known <laughs> to be horrible for your health, I'm so hungry still, originated in the 1920s, like Wonder Bread, ever heard of oh. it? Oh, oh. Baby Wonder Ruth. Bra. What a Hairy m- boobies. Oh my God, hairy boobies. Uh, that'd be oh. so comfy. I'm all about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. hairy boobies. Baby Ruth candy bars, which was probably oh. associated with, like, how fucking popular baseball was in the 20s. Yep. Get a life. Yep. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> the longest baseball game <laughs> happened, I think, in the 20s, and it was 26 innings. Nope. Okay, that is not baseball anymore. That's cricket. Yep. It's torture is what it is. <laughs> oh. Ick, it's waterboarding. I hate it. <laughs> I like baseball games. Oh, my God. Because you don't really have to pay attention at all, and you get hot dogs. I like the hot dogs, but honestly, I could go to a baseball game for, like, mm, 
40 minutes and be completely satisfied. Three innings is plenty. I don't need to know who wins. I don't like give you, a shit. It's literally never exciting. Right. Yeah. Except for when the 26th inning was over at that particular game. Oh, God. Right. People, I mean, I 26. Mm-hmm. Good God. How many are there normally? Yeah. 10? Seven. Nine. No. Nine. nine. The seventh inning stretch. Yeah, oh, yeah. Nine. Nine. I was nine. thinking it was ninth inning stretch. <laughs> the ninth. Oh, all right. Nine. Also, oh, also Yoo-Hoo chocolate drink. Yum. <laughs> nice. I loved Yoo-Hoo when I was little. What yeah. even is it? It's like water it's like and chocolate. chocolate milk, but like non-dairy, I think. It's I don't think it has actual milk. dairy in it. I have no idea, but the staying power of these brands is mm-hmm. remarkable. Also, Kool-Aid, yeah, Welch's mm. Grape Jelly, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, thank <gasps> Get you. Get out of here. Those are from the 20s. Sure are. Oh, what? I love the 20s even more now. I didn't oh. think I could. Mm-hmm. Wheaties, gross. Hostess yeah, Cakes, yeah. yes. 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 Peter Pan Peanut Butter. Man, I'm a GIF gal. I'm a GIF gal, too. And last but yeah. not least, Velveeta Cheese Product. Oh, will wow. you accept this cheese product? <laughs> so lots of peanut butter My trash and lots of, rose. <laughs> lots of non-dairy products. Interesting. Lots of just bad for you food products. Yeah. Mass yeah. produced factory yeah, food. I'm sure the technology around processed foods was emerging and also like they were so cheap and easy to mass produce. Oh. Thank God. Like pre-depression. For sharks. Yeah. Yeah. Totally for sharks. Yep. Um, so there were also a lot of bizarre fads around this time that were associated yeah. with endurance. No, thank you. Why? I, I, I mean, thank God we have television. Like, it's like thank <laughs> God. It's like the war is over. I have nothing better to do. I'm going to go sit on a, pla- a flagpole for 49 days because right? that happened. Yeah. They had six, okay. six day bicycle races. Fuck no. you. Uh uh-uh. uh. Um, like Nin-nil. I said, flagpole sitting sometimes for weeks at a time. The record holder is held by the record holder is Alvin Shipwreck Kelly. I who, don't want to know how he got that nickname, but uh, I also do want to know. He was a professional <laughs> stunt man, so I think oh, that had okay. something to do with it. But he sat for forty nine days um, in front of a crowd of twenty thousand people. Again, get a life. What is there did to he, see? How did he shit? Did he shit in a bucket? He probably shit and down like a pole. lower well, it no, down. No, he was sitting on a pole. I bet he wore some sort of diaper device for forty nine days. No, he There's must no have had a well. He, he's had to have a way of getting food and water, so yeah. there had to have been some sort of system. So I'm sure there was like a shit in a bucket system too. Yeah, yeah maybe it was like a collective 49 days worth of hours, but not done in no, a like in I a row. I think it was it 49 was. days in a row. Because also, how hard could that really be if it was just a collective 49 days? Yeah, right, anyone but could if you climb had to do it within for 49 like, days. But if you had to do it within like 52 days and then that only allots you a handful of hours to like eat and or shit. I you know what I mean? Don't I don't know. know. I don't know or really care. <laughs> also, I don't even know why. Speaking, uh, I have a quick anecdote related to shitting from the top of a flagpole. <laughs> One of, my, one of my flagpole shitta. Flagpole shitta, exactly. 
<laughs> One of uh, my sister's ex-boyfriends used to work. Uh, he would like repair those really, really tall radio towers. I think they were mm-hmm. radio towers. Just the really fucking tall poles you see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like the highest ones, you can see the curvature of the earth. And mm. he was telling me once that like it's really it takes a long time to get up there. And sometimes when you get up there, you have to poop. And there's like nothing you can do except to just <gasps> poop from the top of it. Oh. And like, oh, so, like, he and his wow. team would, like, prank each other by, like, shitting from the top of this pole. And this really high-velocity turd would, like, land on the ground near the people working oh, on the ground. Oh, wow. <laughs> no. I don't, I don't know that I could. No. I don't know. You're pretty isolated. I mean, isolated. I could. I don't know. They were yeah. all guys. Guys can just shit on demand, I feel. It's, it's pretty shocking. incredible. It's, I also I can. need to have just the right environment to mm. shit. Candles nah. going, dim lighting, oh, <laughs> a floor to ceiling uh, door. So if you're not nah. at home, you have to be in one of those like fancy, you know, public I toilets. like knowing that somebody could peek. Oh my God. <laughs> Amanda's kink is just public shitting. Being mm. seen while I shit. Oh mm. God. You do need I to start it. that YouTube channel where you just shit on a clear plastic chair with a camera underneath. I wouldn't have it on YouTube, but yeah, <laughs> I, I do. Side project. Side project. Okay. Also, follow my cam site. Oh my god. Also, uh, <laughs> another endurance fad were dance marathons. This I love. There are photos on the drive of both Alvin, Shipwreck, Kelly, and also some dance marathon photos. These marathons were sometimes as long as two months. Yeah. <laughs> I love the one of the guy oh, just like yeah. being held up. <laughs> That's the by one this I woman. just saw. Yeah. He's totally passed. I out. think the rule because yeah, two months, obviously. I think one one partner could be sleeping at a time, but you had mm-hmm. to keep moving enough so that they were also technically moving. Sure. Jeez. Um, these Why? dance marathons were also known as bunion derbies. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Walkathons because they were sometimes held in like churches, so they didn't. And sure. dancing was like ooh scandalous. Um, and also known as corn and callus carnivals. Gross! Oh my god! I don't so like much that terminology. Like foot issues. Well, can you imagine well, yeah. dancing for two months? For, like, no. a shot at some prize money. They were also popular through the, the 30s, so, like, through the Great Depression. So, really desperate people would go mm-hmm. participate in these. And there were mm. also professional dance marathoners who would, wow. like, go travel around the country and do this and win money, which is that so That reminds me weird. of that episode of High Maintenance where the lady is trying to break the, like, single dance record by dancing nonstop, like no sleeping, can't even stop dancing to like shit and piss for mm-hmm. like a solid like six days or some oh shit. God, I don't remember that one. It's a really good episode. I think it's from the first season. Okay. I have to. It's, I love it's that show. It's about time for me to rewatch that show. It's so uh, good. It's so good. I just rewatched it like a week ago. Incredible. In fairness, like ultra marathons are just as crazy to me. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they it's don't like last equally. Months. Usually. No, but it's still, you're still pushing your body past a normal yeah, no, thank or you. even healthy point. Well, mm-hmm. at a certain point, several like states and cities outlawed the dance marathons because 
people would pay to go watch these marathons. And then, like, as the Great Depression kind of progressed, and like I said, these desperate people were... It was just really sad sad and yeah. you know there's no dignity involved in that so a lot of a lot of places outlawed it cuz it was it it kind of became really fucked up mm-hmm. yep early um, reality tv yeah. yeah so those were the callous carnivals moving on mm. <laughs> Ew. More people were moving from farms to cities, introducing a more modern urban lifestyle. Also, cars were more widespread and also affordable, which changed the nation's infrastructures as well as the way people interacted with each other. So mm-hmm. teenagers at this time took advantage of these bedrooms on wheels. Oh, wow. Oh. Uh, yeah, along with the freedom of mobility that they provided, and this was kind of the first generation of the rebellious teenage dumb the way that yeah. we know it today. Was because oh, of yeah. lanes, humping lane. in a car. Yeah. Yeah, you could hump in a, something with four walls and a roof mm. you instead could of in the woods. You could you neck could, yeah. in private. In a church parking lot in lot somebody's necking. red Chevy Impala. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spider bites. <laughs> Reported spider bites went through the roof. Yeah, in that was neck, neck spider bites. <laughs> it was an epidemic. What the is neck with spider strikes again? What is uh, the appeal on I on either side I of hate hickeys? hickeys? They're so I gross. I, I was never it. into that. No. Nope. Ugh, okay. Ninja. So grow up. Let's talk about. <laughs> One obvious flavor of crime in the 1920s. Alcohol flavored? (laughs) Yeah, thanks to prohibition, the federal government found out the hard way that you really can't just stop people from drinking. Sure can. It proves too tempting for some of them. Humans have been getting drunk for a billion years, people. Not literally a billion. A literal billion. A literal billion years, that's how long humans have been around. <laughs> but literal thousands of years anyway, according to the website drugfreeworld.com, LOL. No. <laughs> there is evi- I have the most suspicious sources for my segment. I love it. We'll get I'm to another I'm surprised that drugfreeworld.com let you access their website. <laughs> <laughs> they make you blow into a... <laughs> A little reader before you can get They're on like, their Lucy, website. They're like, Lucy, no. We've no been we know no. where you've been. I'm mm-hmm. on their list. <laughs> okay, so according to drugfreeworld.com, LOL, there is evidence of <laughs> an alcoholic fermented beverage in China around 7,000 BC. Wow. So, like, we've been at it for wow. That yeah. is aged like a fine wine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even want to drink that. That sounds foul. Well, it was probably made out of like, it was probably some sort of ri- maybe rice wine or like a wheat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If it's not flavored with dragon fruit, I want nothing to do with it. Accurate. <laughs> So when the temperance movement gained a big win and the 18th Amendment was passed, lots of folks started bending the rules. Bend the Mm -hmm. knee. Bend the knee. Shame. Shame. (laughs) The 18th Amendment. Oh, my God. Who did I hear this from? Somebody wanted their Halloween, couple's Halloween costume for the woman to be the nun ringing the bell and screaming oh. shame and her boyfriend being nude with like shorn hair. And I don't hate being, it. <laughs> I know, Cersei. 
How incredible. What a great couple's costume. I might run that past a certain someone. I know you're listening right now, and we've been debating what our costume should be. Shear your hair. Shame. Actually, no. (laughs) I won't let him do that. So never mind. It's off the table. (laughs) I didn't think that through. Get a skull cap. (laughs) A bald cap. cap. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're talking. You have to include pepperoni in this situation. Mm, The cat. Yep. And the meat. And also to meet, obviously. The 18th <laughs> Amendment was the Prohibition Amendment, which lasted from 1920 to 1933. 13 fucking years. Oh, wow. my God. That's a lifetime. I can't even. That is literally That's a lifetime it. for it's some wild. unfortunate children yeah. who don't live that long. Yeah. So it Correct. Didn't, it's a it really didn't, sad lifetime. <laughs> it <laughs> Average lifespan in China in 7000 B.C. Pretty much. <laughs> Especially with that booze. Uh. Okay, so the 18th Amendment didn't actually make it illegal to consume alcohol. It just made it illegal to manufacture it, import it, transport it, or sell it. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Buzzkill. Stop up on that shit. Mm-hmm. So, Amanda, you'll like this next source. This is from Pottermore.com. Yes! <laughs> Please don't judge my choice of sources. It was actually a font of knowledge. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's so much. <laughs> Butterbeer was invented the- <laughs> in 1266. This I mean, one- probably. <laughs> but also, did you take the quiz to see what your Patronus is? Fuck no, I didn't. I went you straight idiot. to the page. It you was associated idiot. with the mystical beasts or whatever, that time-traveling yes. guy. Uh, oh, yeah. So he uh, apparently oh, went God, back. He's not a time traveler. He, he apparently time traveled back to the 20s or something. So this whole entry was like explaining how the laws worked in the 20s and I was like, "Oh my god. This is Commander is like from the 20s." <clears throat> okay, I'd never seen it. I'm never going to. I don't care. So, here are the facts. First, there was moonshine, a high-proof distilled spirit, as in the alcoholic kind, not some sort of ghost, that was often brewed at home. Indeed, another name for this kind of homemade spirit was bathtub gin, named for the home brewer's key piece of kit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. loved how they phrased this. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) What? That was, it was a dumb joke. (laughs) Oh, okay. I have no idea what you said. I just heard, eh, and then you laughing. <laughs> I said gin, not bathtub. Oh, okay. No, yeah, Cut good that. one. That, that was good. <laughs> Bam. All right. <laughs> Apparently, brewing hard liquor is easier than brewing beer, even in a mm-hmm. bath. Duh. Fucking duh. Pottermore. Supplying moonshine or any kind of alcohol to others, illegal under the terms of prohibition, was known as bootlegging, and this is where Mm. one of the major unforeseen consequences of prohibition really bit. NASCAR was invented. NASCAR. (laughs) Oh, my God. That table who was using the word NASCAR as a cue for their drinking game probably could have used... The word prohibition and gotten even drunker. Maybe. <laughs> NASCAR crimes. That's true. Right. That's how much true. we referenced prohibition at that show. Mm-hmm. I would also just like to point out that if anyone heard my typing, it's because I've been taking a what is your Patronus quiz and yes. I got a lion. Nice. My little Leo. Yeah. I'll take it when I I'm done. I straight up got like a greyhound dog. A cocktail. <laughs> like, it me. <laughs> your but tiny I will little say, head. It's your tiny I'm gonna, head. 
I'm going to tell you right now. I joined Pottermore years ago when it first launched mm. and they came out with the Patronus quiz like <laughs> a year later or something. Like everyone had been waiting for it. It was this whole big thing, right? And I had mm. done a lot in that website, like read a lot of stuff, taken a lot of fiction or uh, taken a lot of quizzes and like really built my whole like character in there. Yeah. <laughs> Took the Patronus yep. quiz. <laughs> And my result, my first result was dolphin. <laughs> no. And I deleted dolphin. my account. I was yeah. so mad. <laughs> Yo, and you like ha- took oh. a month off. I hate dolphins. I fucking hate them. Oh, but now you're back uh, to Pottermore. Deleted my account. And then I them? made a new one and like intentionally took the quiz in such a way that would not give me the same results. And I got dog much happier. No, you got a greyhound, which is basically the dolphin of dogs. Listen, I don't care. It's not a dolphin. So I'll take it. Very, very, very upset. Okay. I also, when you first said Patronus, I got Patronus mixed up with the Harry Potter house. Hmm. Which I also don't care about, but I'll take the I'll take the Patronus quiz during Kenyon's segment when I'm not listening. <laughs> Great, cool. love it. Go also, it. find out your Harry Potter house. I'm just very curious. You'll have she's, plenty of time during. Kenyon's she's a segment. Ravenclaw. We all know. <laughs> I don't know. I think she could surprise us. There's definitely Slytherin in there. <laughs> oh the yeah, spooky bitch. Oh yeah, that's actually spooky very true. Super bitch. true. <laughs> Okay, moving on. Gangland boss and prolific bootlegger Al Capone, ever heard of him? No. Whose gang dominated uh, the early NASCAR circuit. Just kidding. (laughs) Whose gang dominated Chicago's organized crime scene once said, quote, all I do is supply a public demand. Preach. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. No matter what. What? (laughs) (laughs) Until you get, like... How did he die? Did he get shot? He got shot. Or did he, he get, like, did go to jail? Uh, I don't know. I don't care. He ended up in prison for like tax evasion, like not yeah. even for gang activity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he ended up getting shot at some point. Okay. Maybe he was assassinated correctly. in his cell by Hillary Clinton. Oh, probably. <laughs> Block her up. Oh, my God. Okay. Prohibition didn't stop the demand for alcohol. It just drove it underground, creating a black market for booze that gangs like Capone's were happy to supply. The ungodly saloons that temperance campaigners had so hated were replaced by bars called speakeasies, also known as blind tigers or blind pigs. I'm not sure if that's like part of the book or if that's reality. Who knows? Oh, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, speakeasies like. were unlicensed bars, so-called because of the need to speak easily or quietly about such a place in public. They were mm-hmm, often mm-hmm. supplied or owned by gangs like Capone's, but their clientele was wide-ranging. And given the clandestine nature of the establishments, so this is not no longer a quote from Pottermore. I kind of just wove in other facts here. Sure. Mm-hmm. Just for clarification. And given the clandestine nature of the establishments, they were not necessarily segregated, like, based on race. Right. Right. Speakeasies actually contributed to the rise of jazz music in mainstream culture. How fun. Mm -hmm. Women, too, were allowed in speakeasies. And given the fact that previously saloons were mostly men's territory, some people began to see speakeasies as sort of like a gender-equal havens. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, it's That's a little super underground cool. equality on a lot of fronts. Uh-huh. Well, and it makes sense because, like, these gangs just want fucking money. money. Like, they don't yeah. give a shit who's, who's buying. paying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like probably the quote unquote owners of the speakeasies were just random people who didn't necessarily give a shit about like people of color being in no, there. They, they just, just had wanted the, the space money. and yeah. wanted the money. Yeah. And they also mm-hmm. probably didn't want to rock the boat too much because they're a fucking illegal operation. Right. Yeah. So what are what they going to do? do? Who are they going to complain to? Yeah. Right. And I'm sure they Call weren't. The cops. I'm sure they weren't all like this, but a lot of them were. Mm-hmm. Certainly more so than, like, legal saloons previously. Sure. So while the early 20s saw a decrease in alcohol consumption, as the decade progressed, it became clear that far from reducing corruption, prohibition actually escalated it, turning mm-hmm. otherwise ordinary citizens into criminals for the price of a drink. As the mm-hmm. 1920s wore on, organized crime became more deadly, culminating in the infamous St. Valentine's Day massacre in February yeah. of 1929. There's a photo on the drive which saw members of Al Capone's gang murder seven of their rivals using mm-hmm. submachine guns. It's very gory. Also, what's the difference between a machine gun and a submachine gun? It's a great question, and I haven't the faintest idea. Hmm. That, okay. that's, a go- that's a Google question. I have mm-hmm. no clue. Mm-hmm. So this event specifically made people stop and think about the consequences of prohibition. Then in October 1929, so like six months later, stocks crashed and the Great Depression officially began and people kind of stopped giving a shit about morality. And also right. the government needed an economic boost, so they needed like those tax dollars basically. Yep. Um, people drink when they're poor. People drink when they're rich. Yep. yep. And the government and taxes when it they're happy, regardless. When they're and crime yeah. happens both ways, too. We're yeah. in a good business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Bulletproof. And so in 1933, FDR was like, fuck it, and repealed the amendment, which, by the way, was the only constitutional amendment to ever be repealed. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we can drink again, and here's how we started our podcast, and that's my segment. So cheers. I love it. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Thanks, well, FDR. That's the one of the best things you ever did. Also winning yeah. World War II. Yeah. <sighs> Was he the guy um, with polio? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. Who was the guy with the national parks? What? That's the other. That's Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. I get them that's confused. Ted DR. <laughs> oh my god well i shake my, shake my head uh let's hear a word from our sponsors if you've been listening to this show you have definitely heard us talk about framebridge mm-hmm. they make it super easy and affordable to frame your favorite things from kids art to concert posters to your own i don't know podcast live posters yes i'm still proud of those mm-hmm. to the vacation photos sitting on your phone mm-hmm. on they your can, phone they'll frame anything and here's how it works. So just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo, or they will send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. 
You can preview your item online in any frame style, then choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers, which is really helpful if you're kind of like stumped. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the expert team at FrameBridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. And instead of the hundreds that you would pay at a framing store, their prices start at just $39. And all shipping is free. So our listeners will also get 15% off of their first order at framebridge.com when they use our code GALS, G-A-L-S. This is a no-brainer. Everyone has you know, photos that they love sitting on their phone that, Mm -hmm. you know, you maybe look at occasionally, but it'd be really nice to have on your wall or, you know, sit on your nightstand or something, have in your home. Or like pieces of artwork that you bought like on Impulse at an arts festival seven years ago and you really like it, but it's still like just a flat thing that you can't just like put Put on the wall quite yet. Yeah. Absolutely. Or even like more sentimental items. Like I uh, recently had our ketubah from our wedding framed, which is like our marriage contract basically framed. And I felt completely confident mailing in that like physical, super sentimental item to FrameBridge because I've worked with them before. They have framed a million things for me and they always do such a good job and my pieces always arrive in perfect condition. And so I felt like comfortable sending that off and having them frame it and send it back to me. And it is stunning. I can't wait to get it on my walls. So pretty. I've had like eight things framed from FrameBridge already Mm -hmm. and I love every single, it just goes from like artwork to like peace, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. It's like Mm -hmm. a thing that you're proud to show off. So you should get started today. Go to framebridge.com and use that promo code GALS and you'll save an additional 15% off your first order. That is framebridge.com. Use promo code GALS. One more time, that is framebridge.com and use that promo code GALS. Treat your walls. Treat them. What's that smell? (laughs) That's an open-ended question. (laughs) Well, in this case, it's pumpkin spice because Mm. the leaves are crunchy, the breeze is crisp. It is officially onesie season. Oh, yes. And officially fall. And fall means back to school, back from vacay. Everything dies. Sad. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is dust. Everything is dust. But also, fall is a time to get soft. It is a time to get cozy. It's time to cuddle up. Me Undies, the softest undies in the world, knows a little thing or two about soft and cozy. Oh, they sure do. And when they say soft, they mm. mean they're softer than the foam on top of your pumpkin spice latte mm. with oat milk. Mm. They mean that they are softer than your favorite hoodie. They are softer and cozier than drinking a warm mug of hot apple cider spiked with rum. If that's your thing, it's definitely mine. <laughs> softer than fall things. You get the idea. Yeah. Me undies are designed to be the softest thing you've ever put on your bod. Available in sizes extra small through 4X. Also, the onesies. They're not joking. I have Star Wars themed onesies. 
and uh, Kenyon couldn't get her pair, so I gave her pair to my husband, Corey, and we are the cutest little matching goobers <laughs> on, on this side of the Mississippi. And they're so warm, they're so soft, they're hooded. Hello. It's like my uniform all winter. So MeUndies just introduced five new silhouettes with the feel-free collection for women, designed with every body type in mind, and a feather-light waistband for you to feel free. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I have some of their higher-cut underwear also. <laughs> mm -hmm. I wear it on those days when I'm not feeling my slimmest. Yeah. And like every day in between. But let's face it, I'm never feeling my slimmest these days. And Holds you in, but still feather light. Feather light stretches with you. It's wonderful. Undie exhaustion be gone. New prints drop every Tuesday, so you'll never run out of ways to express yourself. Plus, members get an exclusive print at the beginning of every month. They ship you underwear. They ship it to your house. Mm -hmm. And they have such fun patterns. I love it. Every time I get a package, I'm like, whoa, let's just open this up. See what the heck it is this month. I love it. <laughs> The prints are fun and all, but they also offer classic colors and do not they don't always play by the rules. And you know we love it when someone doesn't play by the rules. MeUndies just launched a white after Labor Day. What? <gasps> can you even? I oh, can. So bold. It's going to be a cloud wrapped around your midsection. I'm so excited. <laughs> so MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. So this is a no-brainer, especially because they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So to get your 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com forward slash gals. G-A-L-S. That is meundies.com slash gals. Treat yo undies. Treat them. So, on June 21st, 1920, Carl and Ruth Wanderer mm. were walking home from the cinema, or talkies, or potentially talkies. not even talkies. The I don't talkies. know. I don't know. The pictures. I don't know. The, the Nickelodeon. The Nickelodeon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't have time to look up when talkies started, so this might have been pre-talk. I have no idea. So Who cares. Also, if you hear they, me typing, it's me creating my fucking Pottermore account so I can find mm. out my Patronus. Here for it. Okay, I love it. So the young couple had been married for less than a year and living with Ruth's parents in an apartment in Chicago. Ruth was also seven months pregnant with their first child. A man, later described in newspaper reports as a, quote, ragged stranger, had been oh, lying in wait for them. My favorite kind of stranger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ragged. Um, after haggard. I love it. <laughs> Amanda's type. Yeah, haggard stranger <laughs> is totally my type. <laughs> there should be a dating site called, like, haggard seeking ragged. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, so the ragged stranger had been lying in wait for them in the hallway of the apartment building. Oh, God. Camping. Ugh. Mm. <laughs> I love it. Shots rang out, alerting Ruth's mother, who came rushing out of her apartment. She saw Carl going berserk, beating the attacker on the ground and screaming, my baby, my baby is dead. Oh, my God. The beating was unnecessary, however, since Carl saw um, 
When Carl saw the man had a gun, he quickly drew out his service pistol because Carl was a vitamin. Mm-hmm. Um, God bless. And the two men exchanged gunfire. The attacker was shot and killed, but Carl luckily hadn't been hit. However, poor Ruth, who was just 20 or 21 years old at the time, lay dying in the hallway. She'd been shot multiple times in the chest, and she, she didn't make it, and obviously Aww. neither did the baby. Aww. Honeys. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Special thanks. Oh, oh my God. Weren't the 20s crazy? I promise crazy? you, my case <laughs> is really fun, so <laughs> you're going to have a reprieve. <laughs> Someone still dies, though. Okay. <laughs> so the press soon seized on the story because, you know, it's a war hero and his pregnant wife set upon by some dirty wretch. And then the <laughs> hero bravely defending her, but her dying tragically nonetheless. Did like, you write this? Yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> Is this from Pottermore? Wait a minute. Did J.K. Rowling write your notes this week? I wish. Oh, my God. Reach out, J.K. We'll, we'll squeeze uh, you in. She would um, cost a lot more than we could afford. <laughs> so, J.K., J.K. J.K., J.K., not J.K. The public lapped it up, and they were ravenous for more details, but they because would end up... we didn't have TV yet. Well, and because true crime has always been a subject of fascination. This is so true. Yeah. But they would end up learning a whole lot more than they'd bargained for. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Um, okay. Little side note. Long side note. Oh, great. Carl Oscar, <laughs> and I've also seen his middle name listed as Otto, but there's no way to know. Mm-hmm. Wanderer. So Carl O. Wanderer. Is he a wanderer? <laughs> yeah, he's a wanderer. He wanders round, round, yeah, round, 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 round. Yeah, that's a good song. Okay, just making sure. Was born <laughs> in Chicago in either June 1887 or June 1895. <laughs> 1895. It was the 60s. Let me show you around. <laughs> Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So he was either born in 87 or 95. There's no way to know. 1995. He was of German ancestry on his dad's side and Swedish on his mother's. Carl also was a twin. His twin sister's name was Laura, and he also had at least one other sister. Their father, Charlie, was a successful butcher, but their mother, Anna, had some very serious mental health issues. And some articles describe her as having like a religious mania. Oh dear. Um, My favorite kind of mania. (laughs) Right. It it might have just been mania and it took the form of religion. Um, She had a nervous breakdown at one point and she also heard voices. Um, oh, which honey. told her to move the family to quote God's country, which apparently is Tennessee, in Minnesota. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Temple apparently, of Ak. Apparently, God lives in Chanhassen, Minnesota, and it's also the center t- of the, Tennessee. It's the center of the universe. Yeah, I know. Duh. 
I just told someone from New York about uh, the Temple Car. of Ek. Yeah, they were like, ooh, I can't wait to dig into this. Chan Hassan has a cult. It's pretty tight. It's pretty great. Um, so Charlie, the dad, didn't believe that the voices in his wife's head were God, necessarily. Right. Um, you guys. But he, what? My, my Patronus. <laughs> oh no, is a cat? Is a hedgehog. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> make you can make him hop around. I don't know how. how? You can click him. I'm clicking. He's how uh, is well, he climbing up into the sky? He's the dark arts. Yeah, that's what he does. Do I do I get a different one? No, <laughs> no that's another no. hedgehog. He's you leaving already. You have to, him. Oh you have to learn yeah, how to they're summon temporary. him. All right, Kenyon, can you start over? I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Expecto she can't. Expecto Patrona, my fucking case. Keep <laughs> going. <Here> we go. <laughs> I need a mimosa. <laughs> <laughs> it's mimosa, not mimosa. <laughs> okay, anyway. Sorry for the interruption. I'm not. I love it. I'm finding out what my house is now. Yes. So... Charlie did not believe that the voices in his wife's head were God, but he did mm-hmm. agree that country living might be just the ticket for his severely mentally ill wife. She needs wide open <laughs> spaces. <laughs> <laughs> Room to make big mistakes. <laughs> okay, we're so, monsters. Anyway, continue. So he sent Anna and young Carl off to buy a farm. Um, and they did. They found a 40-acre farm while he stayed behind and continued running the butcher shop. I don't know if his plan was to just, like, ride it out. I mean, the shop okay, was doing well. Okay, if my mental health issues escalate, don't buy me a farm and send me to it. That's no. not what I need. I no. don't need wide open spaces. I know. <laughs> nor, nor do I. No. Yeah. No buy matter what I might talk say. space. <laughs> yeah, you know, I have been listening to a lot of Reba McIntyre lately, but still. Oh, Reba. Reba. Preach. Okay. So, dad stays behind running the butcher shop in Chicago. Mom and Carl and I think the other kids go off to the farm. Carl, he's a teenager now, hated isolated farm life. Mm-hmm. And he would indulge in escapism through books. And one book in particular, Harry Potter, yes. caught his fancy. No, I don't know what book. Some book it caught was his the fancy. 20s. About it was a young 20s. man that solved his woes by enlisting in the army. Mm. So that's what seventeen-year-old uh, Carl did, without telling his mother or sisters. No note. Nothing. Oh dear. One day, he packed a bag and got a train to a nearby city and went to the enlistment office. And there, he forged his mother's signature for a three-year stint in the Army, and off he went. That'd be so scary for a parent to just all of a sudden, your kid is just gone. Gone. His family had literally no clue where he'd gone until a letter arrived a few weeks Later, oh informing them. Yeah, that would I mean, suck. thank God they even got a letter. Right. Yeah. 
And he was 17 and a man, so it's not like they could have, like, really... Done anything about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just, like, if you want to leave home... Just give a, just leave a note. Leave just a leave note. a note. You don't even have to say where you're going. Mm-hmm. But leave a note. Okay. So, obviously, this is a bit of a dick move in, in his case, uh, because it, it doesn't, like, his mom was not abusive or anything. Um... Because obviously they were worried about him, but also update. He was the okay. Oh <laughs> What's your house? Gryffindor. No, Boo. that's not true. There's no way that's right. Okay. No. I don't <laughs> mind the hedgehog though. The hedgehog is absolutely yeah. spot on. I have <laughs> never been more supportive of Patronus. Yeah. Okay. I'm back to hedgehogs are now. basically cats. Yeah, yeah, prickly, tiny, cats. spiky cats. <laughs> yeah, danger cat, danger, danger cat, danger cat. Oh danger my god, that ham. is Lucy. Oh my god, because you can danger be hamster. like you can be soft and snuggly, but then you can also like roll. Oh, the you're fuck a prickly over bitch. And, you're yeah. a prickly bitch. <laughs> yeah, I know what I like. Yep, it's great. Okay, so <laughs> he was also the only man on the farm. And he'd been mm-hmm. responsible for a lot of the, like, manual physical labor needed to keep the farm going. Sure. So without him, it's like, well, fuck. Yeah. So with him suddenly gone, the farm soon fell into disrepair, and then the women had to return to Chicago. hmm But at least, you know, the business in Chicago was doing well. I'm sure they lost money on the land and stuff, but, yeah. Um... Still, it was a good decision for Carl. He loved life in the army. Um, Some reports say that he served in what was called a punitive expedition. Oh. Which sounds sounds illegal. I don't like it. Yeah, Um, it sounds like a war crime. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Against Pancho Villa Mm. in 1916. My uncle has Pancho Villa's trigger finger framed mm-hmm. in his home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Like uh, his actual finger? Yeah. Yeah. I'll ask him to send a photo. We can put it on the drive. What? Oh. Yeah. It's, at the, it's gross. at the very least, it is an actual human finger, but it has right. a little yeah. certificate on the back saying that it's Pancho Villa's trigger finger. So that's what I'm going with. Don't snopes yeah. it. <laughs> Do not snopes it. It's real. I will not. Nope. It's real. It's real. It looks like beef jerky, but a finger. Ick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Okay. So after his first tour of duty ended, Carl re-enlisted, and um, he served as a machine gunner in World War I. Again, some reports say that he was on the Western Front and, like, endured the trench warfare all that shit that we think of when we think of World War One. Sure. And then other reports say that actually he was stationed in like a quiet area in the mountains and like barely fired his weapon. Mm-hmm. So it's really That's difficult funny. to know. I have an ex who was in the Air Force and like depending on who he wanted to impress, his version of events was so different. I'm, like, not even completely convinced that he was in the Air Force. I'm not convinced either, except for the fact that I know that he made, like, monthly or got monthly payments from Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But it was like, a- uh, you sat in a bunker and like one time sort of repaired like a radio tower. Yeah. Stop patting yourself on the back, asshole. Yeah. You so one time this- shit off the top of a radio tower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was harrowing, though, mm. in fairness. Um for the onlookers. But um yeah, so a lot of this was probably Carl talking up his service or the newspapers at the time because they were really sensationalist, maybe talking it up. We don't know. Well, and before we get emails, like, obviously all of these jobs are incredibly important. Like, seeing combat is not the only thing about going to war that is, like, oh, important. Not by a long oh, shot. No. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely not. That's not what I meant. I just meant if he was lying about sure. his service, that's not cool. No. And and if and trench warfare is like so horrific that it might really have really fucked up. Exactly. So it kind of matters in his psychology mm-hmm. if he saw that kind of Mhm. Yeah. Good I'm point. not covering your ass. I'm covering mine for making fun of my ex. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's. I'm sure his contribution was important, <laughs> but I also hate him. So. Yeah. But his he's a net loss for humanity, mm-hmm. though, despite that contribution. <laughs> <Can So. you? laughs> he is. Okay. So. <laughs> he can have a one big A in and oh still God. be in the red. A thousand okay. percent. So. <laughs> One night in May 1915, while Carl was stationed in Texas, his mother Anna awoke in the middle of the night from a terrible nightmare. Uh She dreamed that her only son had been lynched. No. The family convinced Anna that this was just a bad dream and she should go back to bed. But the next morning, a different nightmare proved all too real. Oh, no. 49-year-old Anna had completed suicide in the night, slicing her throat with a pair of kitchen shears. Oh, my my God. God. Honey. Yeah. From the dream? Well, from her decades of mental mental health health issues, but yeah. Honey. Um. Carl was granted a short furlough to attend his mother's funeral, and just before, and so he he went home and he did that, and then just before he was supposed to return to base at the end of this furlough, his cousin Fred threw him a surprise going away party to try to like cheer him up. Up, mm-hmm. and that is when Carl met um, Ruth Johnson. Mm-hmm. So Ruth. Um, was younger than him. She had been a customer at his dad's butcher shop over the years, but he hadn't seen her since she was like a little kid. Okay. Um, so this is when they were like really met. And it was love at first sight. Sure. When Carl's second tour in the army finished, he returned to Chicago and started working again in his father's butcher shop. And then soon after he and Ruth married in September, 1919, and like I said at the top, the young bride soon fell pregnant. Oh, gosh. Falling pregnant. <laughs> you just the fall worst. down and then you stand up and you're pregnant. I love fell pregnant. It's my favorite term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Carl's reaction to the news was not what you would hope for. 
Uh-oh. Ruth told him she was expecting uh, around Christmas time, so she told him at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. But rather than be happy, Carl became, quote, despondent and began drinking heavily and withdrawing from family life. Mm-hmm. I also read some reports that he had eyes for someone new. 17-year-old Julia Schmidt. Wait. At, oh, my God. I know. We know, I know. Julia Schmidt. Hi, Julia Schmidt. Hi, <laughs> Julia Schmidt. Julia Schmidt is listening right now, I'm you sure. Are, I bet you she is. <laughs> <laughs> From 1919. <laughs> yeah. How could Julia, you? you still How, look good, Did you girl. know that Ruth had fallen pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> also, bring us back some root beer from your time travels, cause yeah, yeah. God, Julia, come Great on, Julia. Beer. Also, hi, love you. <laughs> <laughs> so he took his new crush out on several dates, casually failing to bring up the fact that his wife was seven months pregnant. Because Jesus, men are gross. Cr- what a little asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh, classic and Carl. He took her to an amusement park. Quote. A couple of weeks into straw hat season. <laughs> what the my fuck favorite does season. that mean? <laughs> my favorite season. Stetson season. <laughs> so I listened to the dollop and they're hysterical and they cover obviously like historical mm-hmm. stories. And in the newspaper accounts from certain time periods, like they always talk about hats. I love it. <laughs> like they have, they cannot fail to mention what hat the, hat the person was wearing. Time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I That's mean, it's such an odd actually little detail. really telling. It's amazing. So anyway, so I just thought this was hysterical that they went on some dates in straw hat season. Love it. Um. Hold on, I have to burp. Let it okay. out. Okay. okay. Julia. Julia would later tell police that Carl had written her sexually explicit letters, which is like the the 1920s dick pic. Nice. Yeah, sent sent a drawing of her ankle. (laughs) (laughs) She sketched her own ankle and mailed it to him. No, he sent her. He sent her sexually explicit. Yeah, he probably was like, I want to kiss you. On your mouth. I want a neck (laughs) in my new car. Yick. Um, she also said that he had proposed marriage, pending, of course, his getting a divorce from pregnant Ruth. Oh, oh Jesus. Poor, poor pregnant Ruth. So she so Julia knew that he was married, but not that his wife was pregnant? I don't think she knew he was married at first. And then he mm. kind of was like, Oh, by the way, I'm married, but but I'm getting a divorce. You know, and like she's that kind of classic. And she was 17, and he was, like, depending on reports, there's no way to know, but he might have been, like, 32 mm-hmm. Okay, at the time. She's gullible. Okay. She's in love. Yeah. She doesn't know. She's a stenographer. Mm. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, then, okay, back to this case. So, two reporters, Ben Hecht with the Chicago Daily News and Charles MacArthur of the Chicago Examiner, both began digging deeper into the sensational story of the war hero and his pregnant wife. Mm -hmm. So initially, not even to like fact check it, just to like write more articles because the public wanted to hear more. Yeah. 
but they quickly sensed that something was not right. Hmm. For a start, Carl and the, quote, ragged stranger, a man who only had $3.80 in his pocket when he died, were both wielding identical guns, Colt Uh M1911s. I don't know if that's how you say it. Nailed it. These pistols were also apparently not cheap, and while Carl's had been issued to him in the Army, investigators wondered how the vagrant could have afforded the weapon. Yeah, and how Carl, could a ragged stranger ugh. afford a nice gun? A and haggard also, stranger, maybe. But a right. ragged stranger, right? never. So Carl wasn't even just like a private in the army. He had like moved up the ranks because he had been enlisted for a while. So he left the army a lieutenant, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So I think that means he had a nicer pistol. Um, anyway... But a trace of the stranger's gun revealed that it didn't belong to him. It actually belonged to Carl's very own cousin, Fred. Hmm. Oh, my God. Cover your tracks, dude. What are the chances? This seems suspect. Then more details began to emerge, and Carl's story really began to unravel. Hecht went to Carl's apartment, and it's unclear whether he was still living with his in-laws at this point. Mm -hmm. But he definitely had his own bathroom. So I don't know. Important. It is. Well, it is, actually. (laughs) So so the journalist went to his house to interview him, and this wasn't their first interview, so the two had developed a rapport, and Carl was like at ease with this journalist. At one point, Carl left the room and Hecht was able to do some of the Lord's work. Good old-fashioned snooping. Love it. This is true journalism. It is. Snooping. So good. (laughs) That's the Uh, journalism I can get behind. (laughs) Straight snooping. Like any self-respecting housekeeper, I listen in on the other line. Just, okay. <laughs> just Snoop Dogg reading other people's mail. Oh, my God. He That's needs journalism. a snooping show. I would love it. Snoop with Snoop. Snoop Dogg P.I. Okay. <laughs> he found, uh, so Hecht found women's clothing that was being freshly laundered in Carl's bathroom. So it was not Ruth's because she was already dead. Mm-hmm. Um. And he also found a stash of love letters that Carl had written, not to Julia Schmidt, uh oh, but to a man named James. Ooh. Oh, okay. Carl is an onion, y'all. Uh, I love a homoerotic a twist. Bisexual oh. onion. Mm-hmm. So the journalists the brought spectrum. their suspicions. To the police, who brought Carl Wanderer, the recently lauded hero slash widower, in for questioning. Under interrogation, it is rumored that Carl stated he was a closeted homosexual, mm-hmm. which was a crime at the time. Mm-hmm. And he also confessed that he had cooked up a diabolical plot. Mm, my favorite hired kind of plot. A, <laughs> the best kind of plot. <laughs> Well, besides subplot, I really like subplot. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> You're so boring. <laughs> he hired a vagrant named Al Watson, 
But his plan with Al wasn't exactly what you'd expect. So he didn't just hire Al to murder his wife. Right. Instead, he told the man that the marriage was flagging and that he wanted to stage a fight to prove his manhood and bravery to his wife and make her love and respect him again. Toxic masculinity, y'all. Wow. Mm -hmm. And poor Al Watson bought it and agreed Mm -hmm. to the bizarre scheme. Carl then lent him his cousin's pistol to brandish during the staged altercation. So Al was a patsy, and Carl, he thought he was there, and this was all just going to be a fake fight, and then Carl shot him and then shot Ruth in cold blood. Good Lord. Patsy? Is that derogatory? Oh, I thought it just meant somebody that, like, went down for a crime that they didn't commit or, like, wasn't clued in to the... What was happening? My childhood teddy bear is named Patsy, so... But that was after Patsy Klein. I think Patsy has been used in a couple different ways. It's definitely has been used as a derogatory, like, uh, homophobic word. I didn't mean it like... Men who are effeminate. I didn't mean it like that. I meant it like somebody that took the fall. A fall guy. Yeah, a fall guy. Patsy. I don't know if I've ever heard Patsy used that way, but I am not an expert on literally anything except maybe Harry Potter. My mind yeah, is just, bl- I'm just blinded with thoughts of my bear that I miss. I'll have my mom bring her. Dictionary, dictionary.com. Patsy, a person who is easily swindled, deceived, coerced, persuaded, e.g. a sucker. A person upon whom the blame for something falls, scapegoat, fall guy. Great. There you go. Nailed it. Nailed All it. All right. Okay. Now we know. Um, ba, ba, ba. Where was I? Okay. Backing up this confession was the fact that police already knew that Ruth, but actually most likely Carl, had withdrawn $1,500, which is the equivalent mm. of over $19,000 today Jesus. from from their joint bank account that very morning that she'd been killed. Mm. And they wondered what the money could have possibly been for, considering that the couple, like, he worked at his dad's business They lived at her parents' house. They didn't have plans to buy property. Like, what the hell could this money be for? Right. Very suspicious. Yeah. But now it was all too clear. Carl had had intended to pay off Al and also possibly run off and start a new life after his wife's death, like if things had gone awry. Mm Mm-hmm. But then all that flattering press coverage calling him a war hero was kind of nice. And well, he decided to stick around. At trial, Carl's defense attempted to plead insanity and at the same time claim that his confession had been coerced. His first trial actually ended in a hung jury. Hmm. Um, And in the second, the prosecution, quote, called Julia Schmidt as a witness. The prosecutor was said to have stormed uh, stormed. This is a quote. Sorry, guys. The prosecutor said basically, quote, kisses for Julia, bullets for Ruth in his summation. <laughs> That's a little dramatic. Excessive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the 20s. It was the 20s. Mm-hmm. 
For Ruth's death, Carl Wanderer was convicted only of manslaughter and sentenced to 25 years in prison. Oh, dear. Dang. And this angered many Chicagoans because basically they couldn't... I don't know that they could figure out ballistically, like 1,000% sure, if he had shot her or if Al had shot her mm. because it was the they same just split gun. The difference. They, yeah, they just, they, yeah, so they just didn't know. Wow. Um, but then in the death of Al Watson, a.k.a. the Ragged Stranger, Carl was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to death. Um, he was then sent to the gallows on September 30th, 1921. And My birthday. I know. And it's reported he's saying, dear old pal of mine, moments Nick. before his hanging. And I was listening to a 1920s like ragtime, not even ragtime playlist on playlist Spotify. The whole while time writing I was, this case. <laughs> yes. You're so fucking extra. <laughs> I love it. You are so, so he was, <laughs> So he was singing my Spotify playlist moments before his hanging, <laughs> causing one of the journalists, MacArthur, to remark, that son of a bitch should have been a song plugger. Oh, my Lord. Which I don't know what that plugger. is. A song plugger. Classic. Yeah. So that is my case. Wow. Do you think yeah. Ragged Stranger is on that man's tombstone? I hope so. Maybe. It's going to be on mine. It's the name of a book along with bullets. No, what's it? Kisses for Julia, bullets for Ruth. Bullets for Ruth. <laughs> Kisses <laughs> along for Julia. Hello, my lady. Hello, my Ruth. honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So, yeah, <laughs> I got a lot of my... Uh, info from that book actually and a website called The Ragged Stranger and also Murderpedia and Wikipedia. Nice. And Snopes. Loves it. Yeah. But no Pottermore? Not from Pottermore (laughs) this time around. (laughs) Not Yahoo Lifestyle. And also Dictionary.com. Yahoo Lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) Where I inexplicably got information on the darkest case I've ever Ever. covered last (laughs) week. All right. All right. Let's hear from our sponsors. Yeah. Let's do it. Rothy's, ever heard of them, <laughs> has quickly grown into a most loved, gotta have them brand. It is no surprise that they have over 1,000 nearly perfect reviews, probably half of which are from the three of us, let's be honest. It's true. I've left some sparkling reviews. And that is because (laughs) Rothy's are the everyday flats for life on the go. They are stylish and versatile and they go with everything from yoga pants to dresses and skirts. I wear mine every single day. I have four pairs. I'm obsessed. Rothy's come in a wide range of colors and patterns and they're available in four different silhouettes. Plus, they're constantly launching new styles so you're guaranteed to find a pair or three or four, if you're me. Or six or eight or 12. Or I'm good. (laughs) Every time we do a Rothy's ad, I go and buy a new pair of Rothy's for myself. It's It's not, I mean, it's great. I love it. I don't, no regrets. No regrets. My husband Um, has words, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) They also launch new colors and patterns every few weeks, and they sell out constantly. Lucy and I were neck and neck trying to get the same pair. Um, (laughs) I got them. Got them. 
I got them. So one of my favorite, I mean, I have so many, I love them. I have like the flame round toe. I have the black point. I have the like, uh, like animal print, like big cat print Mm -hmm. point. The mocha leopard in loafer. Amanda and I have the Mm. exact same pair and I wear them every day. Mm -hmm. Every day. Mm-hmm. They also have playful designs that add fun pops of color to every outfit while still looking polished and professional. I tend to wear all black, but then I throw on that pair of red Rothy's and I am so chic. I love it. It's lipstick also, for your feet. It's like lipstick for your feet. <laughs> um, and it will blow your mind that they are made from recycled plastic water bottles. In fact, Rothy's has div- diverted over 25 million water bottles from landfills to lipstick for your feet. Love it. I love it so much. So you should go check out all of the amazing styles available right now. And by right now, I mean right now, because like we said, they sell out constantly. Mm-hmm. at rothys.com forward slash gals. Go to rothys.com, that's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com forward slash G-A-L-S to get your favorite new flats, comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes that you have been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Head to rothys.com forward slash gals today. Put some lipstick on your feet. With HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. And all you have to do is cook and enjoy. It could not be any simpler. HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality, regardless of your comfort in the kitchen. And you guys know that I am not a great cook. Um, (laughs) But with HelloFresh, everyone feels like a celebrity chef. I mean, it's so amazing. You it's feel so easy. It's so easy. You feel so sophisticated. And they also offer step-by-step recipes uh, and pre-measured ingredients, so you'll have everything you need to get wow-worthy dinners on the table in just 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Two glasses of wine. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're really, if you're really crushing it. HelloFresh makes deliciousness part of your every week. You can break out of your dinner rut with HelloFresh's 20-plus seasonal chef-curated recipes each week. My favorite that I made recently is the meatloaf balsamico. It's balsamic meatloaf with Mm. mashed sweet potatoes and, like, green beans and sliced almonds and... My husband had a couple friends over the night that I was making it, so I was like, I guess I'll share. Yeah. (laughs) Sharing food is not one of my strongest foods. Yeah. (laughs) But I opened my heart. I was generous, and we were sitting at the dining room table like a little family, and they, they were just wolfing it down. They were like, wow. Lucy, what's they honestly asked the recipe, and I was like, you don't even kid yourself. You're not gonna make this from scratch. Those specific people in particular. But I did tell them that it was HelloFresh, and I did give them a coupon for HelloFresh. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they signed up for it because that's how good this balsamic meatloaf was. I'm not even kidding. Mm-hmm. Also, HelloFresh is flexible and fits your lifestyle. You can add extra meals to your weekly order as well as yummy add-ons like garlic bread and cookie dough. Hello. You can change your delivery days, your food preferences. You can even skip a week when you need to if you're on tour, for example. It's mm-hmm. it's flexible. It works for you. It's incredible. 
So for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com forward slash GALS80 and enter the promo code GALS80, that's gals eight zero. Again, for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com forward slash GALS80 and enter the promo code GALS80. Treat yourself to delicious meals made in just about 30 minutes. It's a no-brainer. Impress your friends. Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pad, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes. I love the wipes. They're Mm -hmm. my favorite. Mm -hmm. Did you know that the FDA does not require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products, so most of them don't? Yeah, that's a problem. It's going in your body. Mm -hmm. That's wild. So Lola agrees with me, and Lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes. Lola makes your month a little bit easier. Their subscription is fully customizable. You can choose your mix of products, your mix of absorbency, number of boxes, frequency of delivery. Honestly, every month is different and it can be drastically different if you are on certain medications, if you're on certain types of birth control. Mm-hmm. I think that I can speak for Amanda. She gets her period once in a blue moon, but sometimes like 18 times in a blue moon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Of all different levels of like heaviness and whatever. So it just really helps to have that customizable feature. And just a quick anecdote. I had a friend over last week and I happened to be on my period. So I had my full box of Lola tampons just out on the counter because I'm shameless. It's also my bathroom. So if you don't like it, you can get out. Mm -hmm. And she goes to the bathroom and I'm in the kitchen and I hear her just go, Lola, I love Lola. (laughs) Just screaming from inside the bathroom. So like, it's not just me, people. So Lola's subscription is super flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel your subscription at any time. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about how Lola offers pads and liners and tampons. But with the tampons, did you know that they offer both BPA-free plastic applicator versions and also environmentally uh, friendly non-applicator tampons? So they've got that. you covered. It's amazing. So, uh, for 40% off your first month's subscription, visit mylola.com and enter the promo code GALS40, G-A-L-S-4-0, when you subscribe. Again, for 40% off your first month's subscription, visit mylola.com, M-Y-L-O-L-A.com, and enter that promo code GALS40 when you subscribe. Treat yo month. Treat it. Okay, we are talking today about my new favorite person, Myrtle Adkins Bennett. Myrtle. That's your Patronus. A woman named Myrtle. (laughs) Just an angry woman named Myrtle. (laughs) With a chip on her shoulder. Yep. Myrtle was born on March 20th, 1895 in Tiller, Arkansas. She allegedly had the most amazing meat cute of all time in 1917, which, side note, is the year my fucking grandmother was born. An update. She's still kicking. <laughs> still kicking. 
So when Myrtle was over at a friend's house, this friend had a photo in her home of like a handsome genitalman. Genitalman. <laughs> and this genitalman was named John Bennett and his cute face stuck with Myrtle. Oh. Months later, she happened to see this cute face on a train. Ooh. Mm. He was returning from the First World War and the Great all made War. up in f- the Great War. All made up in uniform. Oh, wow. Love a man in uniform. Mm. And she recognized him from the photo that she had seen and approached him. Girl, get yours. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they were married in November of uh, 1918. I wrote down 2018. <laughs> That's not right. And she was pregnant by the time they got off the train. No. <laughs> we wish. But and they married 100 years later. <laughs> I don't think they ever had kids. I didn't see anything about them having kids. Mm. Probably, thank God. So their married life was not exactly an easygoing one. John was a successful perfume salesman. Oh, my God. I love <laughs> it. And they lived in a roomy apartment near Kansas City with Myrtle's mother, Alice, which no matter how great your marriage or your relationship with mm-hmm. your mother is, that would be a goddamn challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So Snopes reported that John got physically violent with Myrtle pretty frequently, quote, being in the habit of slapping his wife during moments of frustration. It's just like my other case where it was like he would beat his family on occasion. On occasion. It's not a hobby. Gross. Um. Myrtle and John spent a lot of their time playing bridge with Alice and several of their neighbors who lived in the same building. And it was known to cause rifts between the couple Mm -hmm. because bridge is fucking serious. It is. (laughs) Now, I don't know how to play bridge. I have never played bridge. I think I have. I'm going to talk about bridge throughout this case as though I know exactly (laughs) what I'm talking about. And I'm telling you right now, I do not Mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about. So don't stop me. Don't ask me any questions Mm -hmm. related to bridge. (laughs) It's scoring. It's terminology. I can't Mm -hmm. answer them. So don't Mm -hmm. ask. (laughs) Myrtle had had a score of love. Probably. (laughs) 20 touchdowns to one. Okay. So on the night of September 29th, 1929. Perfect game. Literally. They were tied red to red. Um, yes, probably Myrtle and John invited their upstairs neighbors, Myrna and Charles Hoffman over for a nice dinner, followed by a friendly game of bridge. The couples played as partners, so it was Bennett versus Hoffman in an epic game in which they wagered one-tenth of a cent per point. <laughs> the game which went today on for- would be $25 a second. Not even. <laughs> it would be like five-tenths of a cent. But we anyway. have no idea what a point is. No way to know. (laughs) We don't. I don't know. Um, So the game went on for hours, starting with Team Bennett mopping the floor with Team Hoffman, (laughs) but getting more and more intense as Team Hoffman gained a commanding lead over Team Bennett after the clock struck midnight. (laughs) What? And spotted the snitch. (laughs) Oh, my God. Once again, since I know nothing of Bridge, I will be quoting this next portion from the Snopes article and will not be explaining any of it as I simply cannot. (laughs) 
so in a game ending move, quote, John Bennett opened one spade, Charles Hoffman overcalled two diamonds, and Myrtle Bennett <laughs> ended the auction with a jump to game in spades. Fuck. <laughs> After Mr. Hoffman made the opening lead, Mrs. Bennett spread as dummy a collection of cards Myrtle Hoffman later would term, quote, a rather good hand. Though Myrtle Bennett clearly believed the dummy she'd laid out added to the values her husband had to have had for his opening bid should easily have produced game, Mr. Bennett managed to fail in his contract by two tricks. During the finger pointing that followed, Mr. Bennett was revealed to have opened on less than full values and non-bridge players may fail to appreciate yes, this point but in the pasteboard jungle it is well understood <laughs> that if one is in the habit of opening light one had better be able to play the spots off the cards one had to one both open had. light and fail to make the resulting contract adds up to a bridge crime just to cut below trumping partner's ace or raising one's own preempt. What the it's fuck bad. did you even just <laughs> <laughs> The most incredible. Someone <laughs> out there is going to know exactly <laughs> what I just said. <laughs> Someone's I should consult my grandma out there is yeah. gonna know. Oh, someone followed that. If if you followed that, <laughs> will you just like tweet at us? Followed it. There is an old lady uh, in a rocking chair knitting, listening to the show, just going, idiot. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, For he real. started light and he failed to preempt. Oh, come on. Damn. Not even a well, bogey. Oh. <laughs> Well, as you can imagine, after such an egregious <laughs> error on the part of John and the resulting final loss to Team Hoffman, Myrtle was pissed. <laughs> she called out her husband for being a, quote, bum bridge player. Oh, no. And Johnny did not like that. Them fight oh. words. They oh. are. Because his response was to slap Myrtle across the face then run off into the other room and start packing a suitcase <laughs> saying that he was leaving to spend the night in a nearby motel. Boy, dramatic. Yeah. These fucking drama queens <laughs> really should have gotten divorced. Yeah. Also, all of this is going down right in front of the poor Hoffmans who just came up for a game of fucking bridge, <laughs> not for a front row seat to an intimate partner dispute. Oh, no. According to Wikipedia, quote, as he packed his bag and moved from room to room, he mocked his wife. Myrtle told the Hoffmans, only a cur would strike a woman in front of guests. In okay, front of guests. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, don't I'm need like, that last prepositional fit phrase. Right. I'm like, Just or at all, Myrtle. You don't deserve that shit. Oh, God. But maybe Myrtle didn't deserve that shit, but maybe don't do what Myrtle did next <laughs> either. Bridge is wild. Serious. This is maybe the best case you've ever done. I love it yeah. so much. <laughs> So while John was packing his bag, Myrtle scurried to her mother's room where she knew uh, was kept a loaded handgun. It wasn't Alice's gun. It just was in Alice's room. I don't know why. Okay. But this quick anecdote, this reminds me of when my parents went to help my grandmother move out of her house and we moved her into assisted living. This was like fucking 20 years ago. We never thought she'd live this fucking long. <laughs> it and was the 60s. my grandfather, <laughs> seriously, it was like the 60s. My grandfather 
had already passed away and my mom and dad are like going through all of their stuff. And I can't remember if it was my mom or my dad. That's kind of irrelevant. Found in my grandfather's nightstand. A, a handgun. <laughs> no. Was it possibly loaded? I don't remember that detail. Oh my god. And my god. mom and dad were just like, how did he not kill her all these years? <laughs> it was right there, sleeping right next to it. But he I mean, he's a world he was a World War II vet, so like I'm sure it was not uncommon. Right. For them to have something in the home for like self-defense. A lot of PTSD. For sure. Yeah. 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 But I'm just amazed my grandmother didn't get a bullet to the head at any point in her life. Oh my God. Um, But she probably would have survived it. So anyway, (laughs) yeah, maybe she did (laughs) and she just failed to mention it because it wasn't a big deal. Right. (laughs) Nothing to worry about. (laughs) Nothing too serious. Fucking flesh wound. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) So, um, (coughs) she goes to get the gun. Charles Hoffman is talking with John Bennett, likely trying to calm him down and convince him to stay and work it out. When Myrtle appeared in the doorway with the gun, <laughs> freaked the fuck out. Charles, the friend, ran off and was like, "Bye, fuck this shit." And oh, I think John, I think I left the stove on. Yeah. Oh, is that the tea kettle? I gotta go. Did he leave his wife there? No, I. They stayed in the house, but they like are in the apartment, but they like got, got the out fuck of out the of the way. Oh, they like okay. they ran to another room. Gotcha. And John locked himself in the bathroom. But a bathroom door wasn't going to keep Myrtle from trying to take him out. Oh, God. Yeah, he's a bum bridge player, and she doesn't have time for that. No, for his his shitty games. She shot through the door two times, but missed him both times. Seeing this as an opportunity to escape, John ran out of the bathroom, through the apartment, into the front door. But as he paused to unlock the door to exit, Myrtle fired Mm. twice again, and this time hit him. And killed him. Whoa. Oh, no. Myrtle, no. Yeah, that's what, Myrtle see, that's what he gets for sucking at bridge. Yeah, being a bomb bridge player. Also for being abusive to his wife. Yeah, I think it's more that she he slapped her across the face in front of her friends. Well, but yeah, whatever. it clearly has nothing to do with this bridge game. I just right. I, I just like the context. We Debatable. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally everything to do with this bridge game. Anyway. So the cops were called, presumably by the Hoffmans, and Myrtle was arrested and charged with first degree murder. The tale told at trial, however, was a little different. (laughs) (laughs) She testified that the argument ended with John proclaiming that he was leaving her for good rather than just going to stay in a hotel for the night. Myrtle claimed that John had instructed her to go get his pistol for him because he always like took it to travel with him and that she was devastated and like begging him to stay. And there's like a quote where she's like, uh, I loved him so much. I would rather have died than have him leave me or like whatever that she said at mm-hmm. trial, a bunch of bullshit. So she goes to get the pistol and uh, brings it back to him and then claims that while she was bringing it back to him, she bumped into a chair, accidentally firing mm-hmm. the gun four times, wounding her husband. Yeah. I bumped he, into that chair four times. times. <laughs> well, here's where it gets even weirder. So, then she says he reached out to catch her or like stabilize her and grabbed her arm, which caused her to accidentally fire again, this time killing him. And the other two bullets happened as well yeah. through the so, bathroom door in a different room. Right. 
and we'll get to it. So from a forensic analysis standpoint, like it was the 20s. So the technology we have now from like ballistics to blood spatter analysis and like the analysis of how and where a bullet mm-hmm. entered and exited the body, that shit was pretty archaic. Yeah, they but didn't even sh- have lasers. No. Or red string. (laughs) But what should have been the winning hand, see what I did there? (laughs) We'll never know. (laughs) Was the two bullets found in the bathroom and the bullet holes in the bathroom door. No shit. (laughs) Like that does not corroborate this story. But Myrtle's defense not only leaned into the accidental accidental shooting angle, they also garnered quite a bit of sympathy from the jury for Myrtle having been subjected to physical abuse throughout the marriage. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the jury deliberated for eight hours and then returned with a verdict of not guilty and Myrtle Bennett was acquitted. Wow. No. The prosecutor's assistant, John Hill said, quote, it looks like an open season on husbands. (laughs) (laughs) Abusive ones who are bad at bridge. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The jury really was like, I don't know. He he was bad at bridge. Which shocks me that because there is, is a confirmed. photo. There's a photo on the drive of Myrtle's um, lawyer addressing the jury, and it's all white men. So well, you'd yeah, think then, you'd yeah. think they would like not acquit acquit a woman who killed her husband, right? But I guess they take Bridge really seriously, and the hand in question. Mm. really came up a lot in trial. Like, <laughs> <Did> a lot. <laughs> like, it was such a main focus. Okay, so the press had a field day with the story, but not because of the murder, but because the game of bridge was a craze sweeping the nation. <laughs> the New York Journal insist- in- enlisted the help of bridge experts to analyze the possible hand that had been played and what different bridge strategies could have been used to avoid the unfortunate altercation that led to the murder. What bridge strategies could have been used? Yep. (laughs) So that he would have won and she wouldn't have gotten mad. That is such next level victim blaming. Oh, I know. But But what was John wearing? Literally (laughs) bridge expert Eli Culbertson who had been called by like the defense <laughs> to be an expert witness at the trial. Oh my About God. He was on the stand for like hours. He's a bridge expert. <laughs> he was in the trial. <laughs> and after the trial launched quite a career off of this case, <laughs> selling bridge to housewives claiming quote, that the game was a great way to diffuse the marital tensions pent up in daily life. Oh. And he told housewives that at the bridge table, they could be their husbands equal and more. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. Only at the bridge table. Only at the bridge table. Wow. He and went on to write several articles about the trial, even launching his own magazine, The Bridge World, (laughs) and went on a lecture Uh. circuit that apparently sold out lecture halls just to discuss, quote, the fatal hand. Yes. (laughs) But the fatal hand in question remains unknown to this day. Quote, the famed Bennett murder hand will forever remain a mystery. None of the three survivors remembered its exact composition, and the cards themselves were sent flying during the altercation between the Bennets, making it impossible that any of the police called to the scene would have had a chance to view it, 
As such, the hand widely believed to have been Mr. Bennett's Waterloo is likely as much a fiction as the tale told by his wife on the stand. Nevertheless, a reconstruction of the famous hand began to circulate in periodicals shortly after the crime. And yes, I did include a screenshot of a reconstruction of, of the famous the hand. hand. Um, um, you won't be able to understand it, but it's on the drive somewhere. Oh, oh I was my oh, god. And that's my case. Good fucking job. <laughs> fucking va. I love it so much. I love Seriously, how this bridge straw this- hats off to you. Mhm. This bridge hand photo is just <laughs> splashed across just says what has <laughs> happened. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's a different photo. Oh, okay. Maybe I forgot to upload the, the the famed murder hand shot. I'll make sure to put it up so you can see it on the blog. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Thanks. Right. I loved every second of it. Well, good special work. thanks <laughs> to you and to that case. And also <laughs> to our fan picker for giving us this glorious opportunity. Mm. Thank you, Sean Cronin. Thank you, Sean Oh, God bless wow. you, Sean. Uh, thank you also, Desta Taylor, with your $5 a month. Y- mm. You are... We don't re- detest you, Desta. reached your destiny with your contributions <laughs> to our show. Thank you very much. You have Not arrived at your destination. Okay. <laughs> thank you to Alexandra Kaylee Mills. For your $5 donation, I would walk 500 mils and I would walk 500 more <laughs> just to be the man who walked 500 mils to wind up at your door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and thank you to Jill. No last name. I would walk uh, up a hill. You're, oh, you're, nice. Jill, Nicely you're no Jill. Mm-hmm. Thank you also. Thank you. Oh my God, Scarlet Sheep! Holy shit, mm-hmm. that's a that is a name. I really need that to be your real name. Like I, I know. need it. Yeah, don't tell us otherwise. Yes, Scarlet Sheep. I would wear your Scarlet letter any day. Mm-hmm. Oh, same. And thank you, Kelly, who without including a last name, I have to assume it is the famed Kelly Clarkson <laughs> or Kelly so, Rowland. Well, I had since you've been gone stuck in my head. It okay. could be either. John uh, Kelly. Yeah. Thank you for your $5 a month donation, Kelly Clarkson or Roland or John Kelly. <laughs> or neither <laughs> or both or neither. Uh, thank you, Stephanie Hutchinson. Hutchinson? Hardly no Wow. <laughs> wow. That was a stretchinson. <laughs> I got nothing else in sin. Thank you, Heidi Rosenberg. Um, I wouldn't accuse you of being a communist <laughs> in the 1950s. I actually know very little about the Rosenbergs, but yeah, I love yeah. it. Well, Heidi's not on trial here. Nope. Yeah. Thank you, Heidi. You've been acquitted. <laughs> I love it. You've been acquitted. <laughs> also, thank you, Ashley Bunting. When no, I get married, one. we skipped oh. one. Oh, shoot. You well, let Ashley. me finish Ashley yeah. and then you'll take the next one. 
<laughs> because I was just about to say, when I get married, there will be no shortage of bunting, Ashley bunting. <laughs> Another sports term, too. Bunt. Mm-hmm. Too bunt. Bunt cake. You are a positive bunt cake, Ashley. <laughs> Too bunt. Is it? Verb. <laughs> Verb. Bunt. <laughs> All right, is it my turn? Yeah. Thank you, Hillary R. Klonowski. I think you're the inventor of Klonopin, Klonowski. Are we and pronouncing your last name right? <laughs> are, yeah. are we sure? No, we're not. Thank you. Klonopin. <laughs> Klonopinowski. Thank you. Thank you to Jessica Joseph, who increased their pledge from two to five bucks a month. Friendly reminder, you can do that. Thank you. You got two first names as your full name. So thank you, Jessica <laughs> Joseph. Mm. John Jessica Jacob Jones. Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> your name is my name, too. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, Bob Girat. Bobcat. Kitty cat. Nailed it. (laughs) Thank you for your $10 a month donation. You will be getting a free fucking patriarchy wine glass in the mail at some point. Whether you want it or not. But let us know if you don't Uh, want it. You don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) Is it my turn? Thank you, Cassie Smith. You. Mm, Or Casey. Oh, wait, no, Cassie. Got it. I'm looking at the wrong thing over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with me. Cassie Smith, Uh, we can't cast you up. Come Mm -hmm. here, come here, girl. Who's down in the well? Thank you, Cassie. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That was so lame. (laughs) Thank you, Sydney Zeifel. Zeifel. Zeifle. Zeifel. I'm I'm not going to trifle with your last name, whether or not Good it's idea. pronounced Zyphal. <laughs> <laughs> so insightful. So insightful. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. Or Cassie. Casey don't need no last name. Or Cassie. You're a sassy Casey Cassie. Uh, Casey yeah. the friendly ghost. I'm done. <laughs> Go ahead. There's another Casey, too. God uh, damn okay. it. Kenyon, you're on your own. I, there's another Casey, but I have an anecdote. So yesterday, <laughs> I was talking about getting something put on casters. You yeah. know, like small like wheels. wheels. Right. And Zach just stared at me dumbfounded. And he goes... The friendly ghost? Like, he had no idea what casters were, and he thought oh, that I was saying no. Caspers. I can't. Your husband? Yep. Oh, my what Lord. What a sweet idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Just a moron. For someone who's so smart. Yep. He's, he's such a moron. He's book smart. God bless him. Good, All right. Good luck Thank to you, too, if you ever buy a house. Oh, God. Mm. Oh, he, yeah. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Uh, Casey, Casey Kolb, Mm. I want some Kolb on the cob. Casey, it's Kolb outside. Mm. (laughs) Casey, it's Kolb outside. (laughs) (laughs) I really can't stay, but Casey, it's Kolb outside. (laughs) (laughs) So fucking stupid. (laughs) I got to go away. But Casey, but Casey, Casey it's cold, cold, cold outside. outside. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, we're entertaining ourselves too much. Thank you, <laughs> Melinda Benoit. Uh, don't forget your Benoitment, Melinda Benoit. <laughs> For all your... Your calluses from that two-month <laughs> dance marathon. Yeah, your footborns. Hope you won. <laughs> Hope it was Can worth it. Can you imagine it. dancing for two months and then, like, I, not winning? <laughs> I yeah. can barely imagine dancing for two hours anymore. I'd burn the place to the ground. Yeah, those <laughs> days are far behind me. All right. All thank right. you. Also, Chelsea Mayo. I want to spread mm. you on thick onto a little Hawaiian bun and eat you with some honey ham. <laughs> yeah. With consent. With consent. <laughs> and some yuhu. With consent. <laughs> with consent. Thank you, Grace Fallowfield. I'm going to not let your field lie fallow for long. Mm. <laughs> with <Wow>. consent. <laughs> Yikes, that's a gross sexual innuendo. Grace, email us if you have gotten that gross sexual innuendo Ooh. from someone at a bar. Because I Lady bet you Lady Grace, have. allow me <laughs> to let your field no longer lie fallow with her- my fertile seed. <laughs> Kenyon prides herself on the most unique, disgusting pickup lines. <laughs> so yucky. <laughs> All right. Thank you. We kind of got out of order. Thank you, Lauren Bastio, who increased mm. their pledge from $1 to $10 a month. Dang. We are bashing in your generosity. Mm-hmm. We it. are not bashful. Nuh-uh. Thank you, Kaylee Grunseth. Uh, Annie, get your grun, Seth, <laughs> is a great play. Kaylee, and you've increased your, your grun, Seth. <laughs> I'm rewriting that play to Aunt Kaylee, get your grun, Seth. Um, thanks for increasing your donation from five to ten dollars a month. You just really wanted that wine glass, didn't you? Knew it, knew it. It's and coming. Kicking off our trash queen or king or neither or both category. Mm. Nevin Schluter. <gasps> this is Neve Schulman. This is Neve Schulman. This is Neve Schulman's Neve. real name. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. You have uncovered our true selves. We've been catfishing all of you. Mm-hmm. We're just one person stacked yeah. on top of each other. Yeah. We yeah. Nevin thought you'd find out. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> that we're just three owls in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> three four-year-old girls just. <laughs> Standing on each other's shoulders. Uh, thank you, Sarah Edwards. You got that trash coming at ya. Mm. Sarah. Plain and tall. Plain and Edwards. <laughs> Dumb. Thank yeah. you, Raina Orovic, which sounds like a vacuum. It does. <laughs> it David Orovic. vacuum, though. Auric vacuums are roll expensive. Just get yeah. a but Dyson. But thanks to your donation. I love my well, Dyson. Yeah, <laughs> Dysons are good. But thanks to your donation, Raina. Maybe one of these days we can afford an Auric. Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. Jury's still out. I'm still paying off student loans, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you paid off your car. <laughs> I Congratulations. did. That's, that's awesome. Thanks, y'all. Thank you to Dave the Mailman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Dave is giving it $25 a month, so they will get to pick their own episode topic and or case and or wine. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dave. You can... You can mail our man yeah, any day. Yeah, you can 
put anything mm. in my mailbox. No, you actually you can can't. You can insert <laughs> things into my mail slot. You can't. You can try, but you can't. <laughs> As made evident by Kenya's giant vibrator. Oh, my <laughs> God. You couldn't slide that into any slot. It's so no. big. <laughs> Maybe a cow's slot. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Maybe. It's not All a right. dildo. On that note, thank you, Taylor Wilkins. You are also contributing at $25 a month, so you also get to pick a topic and or case and or wine. Uh, we will swiftly get back to your email, Taylor, when uh-huh. you email us with your picks. Uh-huh. Ugh. I love when people pick. Um, and if you are like all of my exes and are terrified of commitment, you can make a once off donation at our online store, wine and crime podcast at as Juliet Vibert, vibrating Vibert. Mm. I, I want to name your vibrator Vibert. Can Vibert. You? No, it's Juliet. Now my vibrator well, is named Juliet. You can call it Juliet, I'm calling it Vibert. Hundred <laughs> okay. percent. Thank you for your ten dollar once off, Juliet. You are amazing. You are also the size of Kenyon's entire forearm. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I didn't realize. Okay. I'm literally going to get a mani pedi after this recording, and I can't wait for them to whip out Kenyon's vibrator oh. to use on my feet. It's so good. Between the vibrator <laughs> and the cheese grater. Oh my god! I need a pedicure. Oh. Let's do it. You go Uh, and I'll go and we'll FaceTime each other. Yes. All right. Thank you, (laughs) Elizabeth Eddy, who gave $25 once off uh, via our our online store, wineandcrampodcast.bigcartel.com. And Elizabeth writes, quote, to my harpies, trace face and peaches. (laughs) Love you. (laughs) You are strong, brave, and beautiful bitches. You are also literally the worst. Always here for you, Lizetti, which sounds (gasps) like spaghetti. I love it. Oh, I'm so hungry. I have spaghetti in the fridge. Yes. I have Lizetti yes. in the fridge. Thank you, <laughs> Lizetti. My God, I'm going to call you too, my heart. Thank you, Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Last but not least, uh, hello, Braxton Powers. Don't mm, break my heart. Do you make me horny, baby? Oh, different Powers. Oh. Different Braxton. Kenny Powers. <laughs> Eastbound and down. Yeah, uh, Braxton it. Powers has graced us with her $10, a $10 once-off donation. That's so powerful. Thank you, Braxton. Thank you. So powerful, mm. it's a plug-in, not a battery. All right, we got to go. Oh, Love you both. I have vibrator. things to do, obviously. <laughs> Doi. We love See you. See you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Most importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Hi, I'm Bridget. And I'm Lydia. And And we we are are the the Ghostly Ghostly Gals. Gals. We are just a couple of best friends who host a spooky and funny podcast from Ohio. 
and we just want to share our love of the paranormal with the rest of the world. If you like to sit around a campfire with friends and tell ghost stories all night long, then this podcast is definitely for you. You'll feel like one of our friends after just a few episodes, which is exactly what we want. We pick different ghostly topics every week and get together to tell each other our spooky stories. Even if we didn't have this podcast, I think we would still end up talking about this stuff every week anyway. Some of the topics we've covered so far include black-eyed kids, sleep paralysis, celebrity ghost stories, and real-life ghostly experiences that were made into movies. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Radio Public, which are all free. We also have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so be sure to check those out along with our website at www.theghostlygalspodcast.com. So pop a squat, grab some snacks, and get to your comfy spot, wherever you may be, and come join us in listening to all of our ghost stories. XO, XO, XO. The Ghostly Guy.